Radio Rounds, the podcast series from St. Louis Children's Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Young patients and their parents are often unsure about what represents normal menstrual patterns, and clinicians may also be unsure about normal ranges for menstrual cycle length, amount, and duration of flow through adolescence. It's important to be able to educate young patients and their parents regarding what to expect of a first period and about the range for normal cycle length for subsequent menses. My guest today is Dr. Diane Merritt. She's a Washington University pediatric and adolescent gynecologist at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Merritt. What is a normal menstrual period? When should it start? What's the typical age for the progression of puberty? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, normally, girls will start around age 12, but there is a range, and some girls may begin earlier or somewhat later, depending either on their family genetics or their activity. A cycle length is usually once every month, but in those first years, it can be a bit shorter or longer, 21 days to 45 days, but we would really like the flow to be less than seven days. So should young women start keeping track of their periods at that first sign? Well, that's a really good idea, and hopefully before a girl ever begins her period, she and her parents usually the mother, she and her mother have had an opportunity to discuss what to expect and to have a little chat about various hygiene products. And keeping track is really a good idea. They can keep track just on a regular calendar, but there are any number of smartphone applications that can be downloaded. And um, this is where the girls are often more comfortable keeping track than their mothers. And they can record each menstrual cycle. But you have to remember that in that first year or two, cycles are not regular and it's actually normal to have a long time span between uh, each cycle and uh, they may not come every month. So that's normal. So what do they do if they notice that their flow is heavy or it lasts a little longer than maybe they've discussed or it comes too often or it's very, very light in terms of just a few little spots? Do they count that as a period? Great question. Um, it's really important that the range of normal be recorded and hopefully the girl is not going to be too reluctant to discuss this bleeding pattern with her parent and um, get some reassurance or with a pediatrician or primary care provider who is familiar with the normal pattern of early menstrual cycles. But there are any number of concerns if the period becomes too delayed, too early, too heavy, too long, and I'm happy to talk about that with you today. So then let's discuss that, and, and what should they generally use as a rule to follow? I have a simple rule, which is 1-10-20. One, if a girl is bleeding more than a pad or tampon in an hour. Ten, certainly if it, the flow is longer than seven to ten days. And 20 is if the cycles are occurring, and we count from the first day of flow until the next first day of flow, if that interval is less than 20 days. Because if a girl is bleeding too heavy, too long or too close together, that's a sign of a problem and she can become anemic. 
And young girls often complain about cramps and such. Are we allowed to, as parents, and should we discuss with our pediatrician or our adolescent gynecologist about whether they have pain or they're uncomfortable as this begins? The initial um, menstrual cycles usually are anovulatory, and it often will take a few years for the girls to develop an ovulatory pattern. And it's then that they start to experience cramping. So those first periods may be quite light, quite short, relatively painless. But some girls actually start out completely regular. And if they're ovulating, they may have what we call menstrual cramping. And there is absolutely every reason to manage that so that the girls can continue on attending school and participating in their activities. I really hate to think that a girl's menstrual period would keep her home from school. Well, if you remember back in the day, girls couldn't do swimming in gym because they had their period. But nowadays with tampons and such, but young girls don't always look to those as a source for absorbing flow. So what do we tell our young girls about the products that are out there? I think this is a great discussion for moms to have with their daughters about the different options of hygiene products. And I certainly find a great number of young competitive athletes who are able to choose to place tampons so that they can compete in their swim meets or track meets or other competitions using a tampon. And then they will frequently resort back to pads between events. Um, I certainly also encourage young girls who choose to use tampons to please use a pad at night and not leave a foreign body in the vagina at bedtime. When do we take our young girls to see an adolescent gynecologist for the first time, or do we rely on our pediatrician for that care until they're, you know, having these regular periods or until they're 18? I think many pediatricians are very comfortable And it's part of pediatric training now to understand uh, development and the role of the menstrual cycle being part of normal development. And certainly the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American College of OBGYN has encouraged primary care providers to think of menstrual cycles as a vital sign, just as We look at blood pressure and pulse rate and respiratory rate as a sign of what's normal and anything outside of the normal range may be attributable to a significant underlying health concern. Most pediatricians are really good at recognizing what's a normal period, a normal interval, and a normal amount of flow. But sometimes I have patients who've been reassured that their irregular cycles or their heavy flow is just something they'll have to live with. And um, at that point, they're either referred to me or mother will find out from her neighbor that there's a pediatric gynecologist in town who can help their daughter. What about those exams? Do young girls get a pap smear? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because I think that's one of the biggest concerns moms and daughters have about coming to a gynecologist. When you are a young girl, you absolutely don't need a pap smear. In fact, we don't do an internal exam on these young girls. We would never even put a speculum out on the table. Speculum exams and pap smears begin at age 21. So usually on the first visit, I may just talk 
to the girl and her mother or parent, whoever comes with her, about what to expect from their period. And if they fall out of the normal range, for instance, if they're bleeding too long or too heavy or there's a big interval of time between the cycles or there are other markers like significant problems with hirsutism, which is excess body hair or acne, or if there are signs of a weight problem, perhaps an eating disorder, we really can intervene and make helpful suggestions just in initial talking. And um, when it comes to the exam, I think it's a great and golden opportunity to teach young girls about their body so that they become comfortable with the vagina and how to care for it. And uh, most moms are very excited to see their daughters understanding and learning how to take care of themselves. And the lessons that we teach in our clinic about normal anatomy are very helpful. And if a girl really is not wanting to undress, I have a diagram. And we can just go over the diagram and explain everything. And uh, people can keep their clothes on. And to wrap up, Dr. Merritt, what would you like other pediatricians to know about starting this process with their young patients and their parents and discussing maybe an abnormal menstrual period or amenorrhea or any of these things they might see in starting that discussion with their patients? Great question. I think menarche or the onset of periods is a really important milestone in physical development. And there are a few things that the pediatrician really needs to look out for. And mainly it's the girl who doesn't start her period, but is showing every other sign of normal pubertal development, breast development and such. If three years go by after um, breast tissue develops and they haven't started their period yet, it's time to touch base with us. And certainly if a 15-year-old hasn't had her period and it's really time to come in because I think deep in her heart, she's concerned, why am I not starting? And signs of heavy flow, easy bruising, a family history of bleeding needs to be evaluated. So on one hand, it's the girl that doesn't start. And on the other hand, it's the young girl who's bleeding too heavily. And tell us about your team. Why is St. Louis Children's Hospital so great to work with? Children's Hospital is really focused on the patient. And there are any number of resources there, starting with the guards that greet you as you walk in the front door, the people who work in the labs, um, the house officers and doctors who work there are truly dedicated to helping children be healthy and have a better life. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's great information. A physician can refer a patient by calling Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357. You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. That's stlouischildrens.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.